Hello and welcome, Mehaba Verhoschgeldenez, to our podcast talking round North Cyprus. I'm Sarah Palmer and I'm very excited to say that I'm actually in North Cyprus. I'm over here on holiday for a week. It's going very, very fast, far too fast, to be honest. Um, but it's lovely to be back. I've seen some good old friends, including my very good friend, Mr. Roger Barrow, who, of course, does this podcast with me. Roger, sitting here at Boaz Harbour, little light breeze blowing through. Um, you've got your hat on. Uh, You've got a glass of wine. Um, life's not bad, is it? No, it's pretty good. And, and Boaz Harbour has a tradition on a Saturday for a lot of expats to come down and just relish the atmosphere. It's very quiet. It's, you know, sometimes you get the feeling that this is paradise. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, we always said that when we came to live here, we would never do things regularly we would just see how it goes but Saturday is down at Boas Harbour has always been something we've attended and, and really enjoy and uh, later on of course in this podcast we'll be talking to Jan who's been here far longer than any of us can remember but how was your journey over because in our last podcast I said coming back from Copenhagen from my younger son's wedding that there was just no restrictions at all so how was it for you yeah absolutely we flew easyjet from gatwick and of course easyjet have been having problems as people might have heard on the news you know just basically staffing issues they got rid of a lot of people and um, people left the industry when it was shut down for two years um but actually to be fair i mean it was busy um it was just after half term so perhaps less busy than it had been um but the flight was fine um everything was okay i mean we picked up a hire car at paphos we flew in to Paphos and the only slight fly in the ointment was that I thought um, that I could buy insurance for the car because when you hire a car in the south you just get a piece of paper from the car hire company and you get insurance at the border um, it's 35 euros for um, a hire car which just enables you to bring it into the north and I thought because Metahan border was 24 hours I had thought that so would the insurance company be. So, so we got to Metahan border at about half past 11 at night and indeed Metahan border was open, but the insurance company shut at five. So of course we weren't allowed into North Cyprus because we didn't have insurance for our hire car. So the immigration lady suggested we got a taxi, but I wasn't gonna get a taxi from Nicosia. So we then drove, I thought, well, we need to be as close to Eskele as possible. So we then went back down onto the motorway and drove to Famagusta, by which time, of course, we'd done most of the island at night. So we got to Famagusta border, um, who was a very nice chappy who was half asleep and half awake. And I said, insurance? And he goes, oh, yeah, no, closed. I said, yeah, no, I know that. Um, anyway, so he let me park the car at the border. He phoned his mate, um, who, got, who was a taxi driver. Tra taxi turned up, put our bags in, and uh, the taxi driver brought us to um, Caesar Resort for 30 euros or whatever it was. And then um, our good friend Barry dropped me back in the morning and picked the hire car up. And of course it confused the um, immigration people because I hadn't actually left the country, but I was then coming through with a hire car, um, having got the insurance. So note to everybody, if you are hiring a car in the south, um, make sure you get across the border um, for insurance purposes at least by five o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so that's my top tip. And the only other first world problem I had, there was no PIMS at Gatwick Airport. Outrageous. Outrageous. What, what We had to buy Bailey's Pina Colada instead. 
yeah which is nice actually we finished it but it was nice but that was the only thing that was really sort of there stuck in my throat the whole journey was I couldn't get any pims but apart from that everything normal <laughs> apart from that and driving across half of Cy- all of Cyprus at three o'clock in the morning because yeah, you, yeah. you did Paphos Nicosia then Nicosia Famagusta yeah Yes, and then up to Eskele, so that's fine. So um, my mum and my son have seen the whole of Cyprus in the dark. <laughs> so here we are at Boaz Harbour, and if you're at Boaz Harbour, Sarah, there's at least one person you have to talk about. Yes, yeah, so here we are at Boaz Harbour, and um, I was a little bit late arriving, and you'd already got to work. I found you here in the bar uh, chatting away to Jan McGee, so here's her story. Jan there are some things in life that are certain they're going to happen death taxes and jan being at boaz harbour on a saturday morning how does that make you feel that you are such an ingrained part of this community here in boaz well i've never actually thought of myself as ingrained in it but every morning every saturday morning i look forward to coming down here because it's part of my social life. But you do raise money, you raise a lot of money, but it goes to a specific purpose. Tell us about that. Yes. I raise money for the Harbour Cats and Street Cats, Eskeli Street Cats, some dogs as well, but mostly cats, to get them neutered. If they're ill, take them to the vet. If they have problems, unfortunately, they stay at my home. So how many have you got at home? (laughs) I have a book and on that book at the moment are 55 cats. That's That's not including the cats that come for some breakfast, then they come for some dinner and they go back to their own homes or wherever they they, they live. Um, And the reason I have so many cats at home is some of the cats obviously have been, they're traumatised. They have accidents, Um, some have three legs, some are going blind, some are deaf, some their coordination, they have neurological problems. Um, And people got to know where I live and they come along and leave kittens. They leave pregnant mums that are due to have kittens. Um, But I can only do my best. I look after them as much as I can. How on earth, sorry Jan, but how on earth do you look after 55 cats? Well, the cats let me stay in their house. (laughs) I have um, a kitchen door with two cat flaps. My kitchen windows are always open, so they're in and out, summer, winter, wherever. It's... Most of the time, it's a joy. There's always that 5% of the time you think, what am I doing here, you know, but... But it means you don't get... You say you do this Saturday morning for your social life Mm -hmm. as well, but surely looking after the cats and being so committed means that you can't really have another life, can you? I don't have a social life, no. But in saying that, I came here to North Cyprus 17 years ago with my two Scottish cats. My intention, and it's still my intention, is to live on my own. I have a nice life. I'm not a great social person as out at night. I get quite a simple lifestyle. Well, your cats wouldn't allow you to have a social life well, <laughs> going out at night, would they? No, they wouldn't. And it, 
it just it shows you how many true friends I have that will come to the house and sit and have a coffee with cats all over them, mm. you know. But no, it's it's a good life and it's a life I've chose. Yeah. Okay, well let's let's go back a bit, Jan. Um, you know, obviously you're from north of the border when we talk about the UK. What about your early life? Where, where are you from and what have you done? Right, I come from Paisley, born and bred in Paisley, west of Scotland. What have I done? I was a nurse for 27 years before I came out here. I trained as a general nurse, then trained as a psychiatric nurse. The last five years of my working life, I moved down to Colchester and I worked as a detox nurse in Chelmsford Prison, which was excellent. And then I come out here. Why would somebody from Paisley, you know, quite a, you know, a huge place uh, in Scotland, why do you come, why did you come to a country that, well, let's be realistic, it doesn't even exist as far as most of the rest of the world is concerned. What brought you to North Cyprus? The people. The quiet life in this side of the, the island. I couldn't live in Gurney, although I go up to Gurney to the vets. Um, but this side of the island, Iskeli Boaz, it's still fairly quiet. And that's what I like. How did you find out about North Cyprus? Um, well, it was a friend and I. Um, we used to go to Turkey on holiday. And I liked Turkish people, but I knew I couldn't live there. Yeah. Too busy. And it was her that suggested, why don't you try North Cyprus? I came in the November, looked at a few places over the island and liked the place, come back in the February, bought my house here in the Skelly, come back in the May and that was me. I just like the people, the way of life, and it suits me, mm. you know. What about the amount of work you do for cats? It does worry me that you are—you must be spending some of your own money looking after them. You can't just rely on donations, or am I wrong? Most of the time, people are so generous. This side of the island, Boaz, Iskeli, they are so generous with the donate to me. And obviously, it doesn't cost me anything. So what I sell to customers is fairly cheap because it's not costing me and I get the money back for the cats. Most of the time, they're usually in funds, except if I have big um, bills from the vet. Um, and then, obviously, I have to dig into what I've got, but I still get by. I still get by. For those that have never been to your market on a Saturday here at Boaz Harbour, tell people the kind of things that, that you've got for sale. Let's say you name it, I've got it. <laughs> I have books, CDs, DVDs, I have clothes, I have kitchen equipment, um, I sell rugs, carpets, you name it, we call it bric-a-brac. But there's everything from household goods to clothes, shoes, furniture. It's not the first time I've sold three-piece sweets, um, fridges, do you know what I mean? But yeah, everything. Can you remember the most you've ever earned from, from an item or set of items? Probably an example is um, I sold a fridge freezer. Now, this was quite a few years ago, and it was in very good condition. And then I think I got about 350 tailor for it. Which today is worth a, a lot. Yeah. yeah, you know, because it was nearly new, um, because people were 
moving, selling off their house contents. Jan, can you sell this for the cats? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. If, if there was something that could help you with what you're trying to do, can you think of anything that, that might assist you in, in getting money together to keep all the cats neutered and to mm-hmm. stop kittens being born in Boaz? Two things probably. One, education. I think it all comes down to education, education. And saying that, I mean, I think people are not just the local Cypriots, but all nationalities here are beginning to look after their animals better, although there's still a lot of poor animals about. The other thing is the Belladier or the government could actually provide a service to get these cats and dogs neutered, free. They have enough government vets and people would gladly take them especially people that don't have money, especially in this day and age at the moment, with the unemployment, the economy, the way it is, they could Mm. provide this service. Is there anything that any of us can do to sort of galvanise the government into some kind of action? Petitions, really. Petitions. And really, you need need to go really to the Belladies with these petitions initially. Um, that's what happened with the cemetery. Yeah, let's talk about that. I'm glad you've mentioned that because I was going to bring this up. You are at least partially responsible for the setting up of a British cemetery here in Iskele. Tell no, us about that. It's not that. British. It's all denominations. It's all... It's, a, it's like yeah. a, not a Muslim. It's a non-Muslim, but if Muslims want to be buried there, yeah. they can. But non-Muslim for any nationality. It started with someone who had someone who had died and they had to go to the British Cemetery in Famagusta and me and my friend Maureen um, said, why is there no cemetery here? And we thought, we need to go to the Belladere. But first of all, we need to get names, we need to get a petition. Maureen and I um, initially went everywhere round the harbour, Caesars, Neuenlar offices, we went everywhere and even locals signed this petition, put their names down, telephone numbers, etc. Um, so we went up to the Belladere with, I don't know, you know Yusuf? Yes. Well, he came with us to be interpreter and we went to the Bashkan with this, you know, we need a cemetery here. Okay, we'll look for one, you know, look for, you know. Months went by and you have to keep going up, back and back. And eventually, eventually we had to go to the Kaimakam to say, look, and we've been trying and trying and phoned the Bashkan. I don't know if you can put this in. Went to the Bashkan and back and forth and then eventually it's, look, cemetery. And what they discovered was on the way out of Iskele, going towards Gurney, there's the, the Greek cemetery. But... Part of that at the back was actually the old cemetery that was designated for the British soldiers. So they said, there's your cemetery, which was great. I mean, it took a lot of work and a lot of coming and going and backwards and forwards. But eventually we did it. With the help of Yusuf, it was great, really was great. Now we have to get it landscaped. There are things that, you know, you need to protect mourners from the heat and... Yes, yes. Well... Sinan here at the restaurant, um, he 
drew plans and I think yourself and Roger went up to the belly deer with it but apparently since then these plans have got lost and I keep saying to myself I'm going up to see them and I think no I can't I've done enough I've done enough but I think it really needs to be restarted again but what with the belly deer and the bash the the Kaimakam and it's just part of life here you go up and say here's the plans okay you wait a month bash can did you see next month you know and but you have to keep going until and eventually they will you know but it does need to be landscaped and there's an access road it needs water there you know a couple of seats some trees but until it was like as i say it took a couple of years to get the cemetery but you just have to keep pushing and well sadly i've already been to one funeral there but how wonderful to have that facility well, well even done. even though it's in a state at the moment it's still there yeah it's available and i think i might go up and ask him if i've got a complimentary plot there <laughs> Next to the walls, because the walls were in a mess. I mean, they yeah. they done them up. I mean, they, they are good, but it's just they don't understand. I don't mean they don't understand. It's just not their real life. So it's just you know pushing and pushing. So it's good that they appreciate that we need something that's not of their culture, yes. and they are doing it when yes. pushed. Yes, when pushed. Okay, so Jan, what about the future for you? This is my future. This is it. I'll look after the cats as much as I can with the help of a lot of people. I saw you today. I mean, it takes you, what, half an hour to set up, half an hour to set down. Uh And then I go and have a soda water. (laughs) You see, if it was me, I'd have a bottle of wine. But, well, it's not unfortunate, but um, maybe coming through the west of Scotland where there's a lot of drink driving, not just in Scotland, but I think, no, not while I drive. Come night time, once the cats have had their dinner, and I have my dinner, in the summer even the red wine comes out the fridge. I know it's a sacrilege to some people. No, I think cold red wine is rather nice. Lovely. Sit out in the garden, ten cats on top, nice glass of wine. And that's how I relax. So that was the lovely Jan McGee. Uh, What a lovely accent she's got. After all the time she's been here, she's still got that really lovely Scottish lilt to her voice Um, and an amazing story as well. So, um, and she just loves it here, doesn't she, Rog? She did say to me when I asked her to come on this podcast, she would put on her best (laughs) Glaswegian accent. Um, But do you know what's amazing about her? You remember me talking about how cold it was in March and how freezing the weather was, mm, especially mm. for us expats. One Saturday, it was down to about six degrees. Nobody came out to the harbour on the Saturday. And for some reason, I did. I can't remember why, but I got here. Jan was here. All her table was there with all her goods and worldly chattels. They were all here, and she had no customers whatsoever. But she came here... Yeah just in case and I think 
that explains who she is. Yeah, no, that's lovely, isn't it? And it's funny, isn't it? You were saying right at the beginning, you know, um, about coming to Boaz and you weren't going to do things regularly. Um, but I think it's sort of in human nature to do that because it's a bit comforting, isn't it? And even if doesn't nobody else shows up, you know, you did, and who knows, you know, some, I mean, you showed up, and you know, so yeah. she, you talked to her, so she may well have, you know, made a sale or whatever, but um, no, that's lovely, and, and you know, and it's, it's sort of indicative of what people do here, is help others as well. So that's about it. As I say, I've been here in North Cyprus, so that's been absolutely lovely. But by the time this comes out, I'll probably be home in the wet and the cold of Leicestershire. But anyway, it's been brilliant having your company. Thank you very much indeed. Hope we brought a little bit of sun this North Cyprus sunshine to you, wherever you are. If you want to get in touch with us in any way, then please do. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Talking Round North Cyprus. You can always email us as well, trnc.podcast at gmail.com. I'm Sarah Palmer. And I'm Roger Mara. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again very, very soon. Bye.